from Wyoming Public Media. This, 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 is, this is spoken. Spoken. Spoken words. Spoken words. This is spoken words. I'm Micah Schweitzer. I remember one day hiking up to this ridge and looking out and seeing the chasms and, and the contours of the bluffs. And, and I thought, this literally looks like the body of God. This time we're hearing from Diane LeBeck. She's an author and professor based in New Hampshire, where she's on faculty at the Mountain View MFA program. Before moving east, LeBeck spent many years living in northern Colorado, exploring the outdoors with her family. She'd grown up hunting and fishing, and she and her then-husband moved to Colorado to share that love of nature with their children. I had two sons at the time, and I had a third one once I moved there, and I wanted to find a place that would be conducive to the quality of life that I really envisioned for them as well as myself. You know, I, I had that image in my mind, and and this small ranching town in northwestern Colorado really captured that for me. It wasn't a pretend western town trying to be something. It wasn't. It was the real deal. You know, these were real working westerners. It's a ranching community, and it was something I just felt like we could really sink our heels into and learn their way of life. So though I had explored the wilderness, I had not explored it through the eyes of northwestern Colorado, meaning, you know, I had not bow hunted before. I'd rifle hunted, but not bow hunted. And I'd never helped drive sheep to higher pasture. Though I'd snowmobiled through birch forests, I'd never snowmobiled up on mountains where the powder is so deep and soft. And where the air is so thin, you can't stay too long because you won't be able to get your breath. So, you know, it just, it opened it up in a way that became more visceral and more hands-on and more intimate, I think. That move provided inspiration for her novel, Breaking Wild. She'd written young adult novels in the past, but her new relationship with the wilderness gave her insight into a different type of story. Breaking Wild tells the story of two women, lost in very different ways, who find themselves in the wilderness. Both characters, Amy Ray and Prue, embody separate aspects of Lebec's experiences in the outdoors. I think I identified the most with Prue as a character. She's a single mom. I was a single mom out in northwestern Colorado. It was easy for me to inhabit that character because I had lost my first love. Um, he was a forestry major. And then later on in my adult life, I married a forester. He was a logger. And he passed away of brain cancer. The only way that I found to heal, you know, the, the most effective bomb would be getting outdoors in the wilderness, spending time outside. And I, I often traveled back to the West. I live in New Hampshire now, and I traveled back to the West during that time after my husband had passed away. And I just spent time backpacking by myself and sleeping underneath the stars and, you know, running my hands through the dirt, looking for artifacts, just as much as I could, just really try to absorb the air and the soil and the trees and everything out there. And that healed me in ways, gave me strength that I couldn't find through anything else. I needed to feel it one-on-one -on -one with nature. And, and that's exactly what Prue does in the books. So that was very easy for me to write. Amy Ray, I feel like the wilderness for her is a way for her to tap into her own strength and her own independence. And without giving away too much, she's a very troubled soul. And I think when she is alone in the wilderness, that's where she doesn't have to deal with the temptations that she deals with in her everyday life. It's just a relationship between her and nature. And I think in some ways that also gives her some healing, but more than anything, it gives her hope 
that maybe one day she will be strong enough to overcome the obstacles and the demons that she's lived with. In this excerpt, Lebec explores Amy Ray's state of mind as she hunts elk in the backwoods of Colorado. The elk was directly in line, standing broadside, an exact 30 yards she was sure. She gauged his brow tine at roughly 10 to 12 inches and counted four points from each side of his rack. With the 45 pounds she was pulling, he was within reach of a clean shot. She raised her bow. The 30-yard pen on her scope locked on the branches in front of her. She calculated the arc of the arrow. It should rise the 15 yards and clear the opening. She drew her bow, steadied her left arm. She wondered if her breath would skew her aim. She held the air tight in her lungs. The elk turned his head, his eyes frozen at a direct point with her own. Seconds moved between them like rainwater through mud. She flexed her shoulders, creating enough back tension to discharge the release. The arrow sailed, cleared the trees, and made contact with the animal, its impact like a sharp clap against plywood. The elk pivoted and sprang in one broad leap back into the wall of timber from which he had emerged, his body crashing through the woods, snapping and breaking limbs. The noise pulled away from her, the distance and trees and soil absorbing it like a vacuum. Eventually, all that remained was time and silence. The rule was to wait it out a half hour at least before tracking an animal. An hour was better. To move too quickly to track him now would kick in the fight and flight. When an elk knew he was being chased, his adrenaline would push him farther than he would go on his own, and the stress before his death could have a negative impact on the meat. Amy Ray looked for landmarks, anything to pinpoint where the elk had stood. She knew it would look different once she was on the ground, and to track him successfully would mean knowing at exactly which place to begin the search. She spotted a large rock and made a mental note of it, as well as the profile of trees into which the elk had disappeared. So she would wait, and she would pray because that was what she had always done when she'd taken down an elk or a deer. She would say the Lord's Prayer, say it like you mean it her grandfather had taught her, then when it's time, climb down from your perch and find the damn thing. And so she began to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. She prayed for the animal, she prayed for her children, Julia, whom she loved as her own, and Trevor, and she prayed for Farrell, Bless him, Lord, push his day along with a happy grace, keep him safe. Farrell, as kind as anyone had ever been to her, at that moment she wanted nothing more than to be wrapped in his arms and against his warm skin. She missed him with a terrible ache, wished she could take him to all the places she had known, take him back in time to something pure, to summer and horses and the farm she used to love, to the sheep and meadows and milk thistle, and her grandfather reading war novels to her when she couldn't sleep. Dear Lord, I don't deserve him. Look after him, I pray. That scene is based on one of the more harrowing moments Lebec herself experienced in the backcountry. I was bow hunting one evening. I was covered in elk estrus. I was, had my camouflage on. I was totally prepared for, for this and was bugling back and forth with a bull elk. And he was luring me deeper into this wilderness area called Cyclone Pass. And a number of people have passed away in that area. I later found out probably through heart attacks from the exertion. And I think some did get lost. 
But this is not a tame landscape by any means, and the deadfall is probably like three feet tall, and you're up and down, pretty dramatic inclines and declines. And it was actually kind of overcast that night. And so when dusk came, it came with quite a, a dense shadow, and the light was extinguished rather quickly. So I knew I wasn't going to be able to get the shot, and I didn't worry about it too much. I thought, you know, I'll just take my headlamp out, and I'll find my way back. I'm pretty good about that. But the problem was when I went to take my headlamp out, it had burned out or the batteries were dead or something. I, you know, I could not see and it was literally total blackness. I did know I was in an, an area with excellent elk sign. There was, had been plenty of elk bedding, rubbings on trees. You know, I could have, I could smell the elk urine and did not want to get, you know, charged by an elk. I was nervous. And I think at that point we have to rely on something other than our physical senses you know, no matter how much I paid attention to the terrain or to the things that I could sense, there had to be a deeper intuition going on. And, you know, certainly I prayed, you know, I had sons at home, I didn't want people worrying about me, I knew what could happen. Fortunately, I did get out, I think it was about four in the morning, made it back to my truck. It was quite frightening. And I and I got thinking about the book, I thought, you know, I wanted to write a book that took place in this part of the country that I loved so much. And I thought about, you know, what a great concept for a novel that you have a female bow hunter who goes missing in the wilderness. But I thought even metaphorically what that could mean, you know, a woman who is metaphorically lost in her own life. In writing about women who seek relief and hope in nature, Lebec sees an inherent feminine quality and spirituality. I probably want to be careful in, in what I say, because what I say about women is not in any way meant to negate men or to say that men don't possess those same qualities, because I know some of them do. I have a stepfather who's a true kindred soul for me with the wilderness and his love of nature. And But I will say for women, I do believe there is the mother nature. Whether a woman is a mother or not, there's some kind of maternal nurturing quality. And I think there's definitely a spiritual connection that women have with nature. For me, I've often said that if I'm looking at it nature, to me, it really embodies the body of God. You know, I see it as something very spiritual. Looking, I remember one day hiking up to this ridge and looking out and seeing the chasms and, and the contours of the bluffs. And, and I thought, this literally looks like the body of God. And I was, I was envisioning a female's body with the contours and the ridges and the waistline. And it, it just gave me chills, you know, over my whole body. And I think we feel that way when we see animals. I, definitely believe that we have spiritual totems and animals. I definitely believe that animals bring us messages. And that to me is God, you know. She exercises that spirit in the research for her writing. Lebeck backpacked every inch of the terrain Amy Ray and Prue explore in the book. I'm a person that needs to do as much physical research as almost as much as I do the writing. I literally walked each step that these two female characters took in the book. And, you know, not their experiences, but the landscape. I, you know, I chose the setting for each scene and took meticulous notes. And I made numerous trips out there while I was living in New Hampshire. At the time, I was a full-time professor of English. And when I would have a break, spring break, summer, winter break, whatever I could find, take a long weekend in the fall, I was constantly bringing my backpack and heading back out there and taking off off-grid. And she believes that just as much as her adventures inspire her writing, her writing inspires her to get bolder and bolder with her adventures. Oh my gosh, is it? Uh, Henry David Thoreau says, live the life you imagine, and that's what I'm doing now. So when I wrote the young adult novels, 
it was just something I was going through at the time. I never even set out to be published. I remember I wrote my first book while I was pregnant with my third son and couldn't sleep. So they were kind of things I just wrote, sat in a drawer, and a female friend, her name was Dolly, she encouraged me to send one of the books out, and it got published, and it won awards, and I was like, wow. And eventually it ended up helping me get my full-time job at the college teaching, but it was never what I ever set out to do. It was never that vision I had for myself. And the vision I had for myself was really writing about the things that I wanted to know. I know some of the writing instruction is write what you know. And I just, I totally disagree with that. You know, maybe my young adult books in many ways, I was writing what I knew. But what excited me and what the lure was, what was the, the intoxication was writing those things I didn't know and that I wanted to explore and I wanted to find out and ways I wanted to evolve as a person you know, for myself, you know, and I've got so many ideas for books in my head. I feel like I'll never live long enough to write them all down. So I certainly hope there is a afterlife after this where I can continue to write. In this lifetime, though, Lebeck's personal milestones have still impacted the approach she takes to writing. I definitely feel like you bring a different level of insight to your writing once you have children. Now, that said, I've read some unbelievably talented, gifted young authors, and I'm continually inspired by others. But I have noticed with my own writing, I believe there's a different perspective and a different depth that comes now that I've had boys and they are older, they're all grown now. You know, maybe it's just you enter a space that isn't as chaotic and you don't want it to be as chaotic. It becomes more reflective, kind of like you're hiking up a hill and you hike and hike and it's strenuous and you're sweating and you're wondering, do I have enough water? Do I have enough food? And, and you get to the top and then all of a sudden you just you look out at this gorgeous view and you stop worrying about your food and your water because you know everything's going to be all right and you're just going to enjoy the view and enjoy the scenery as you travel the rest of the way and there's something more quiet so I'm able to hear and listen and cultivate things inside of me that I'm not sure I would have been able to 15 20 years ago Diane Lebeck is at work on her next book, Another Exploration of Women in the Wilderness. Research for this one has taken her on treks through the backcountry of Utah, Alberta, Washington, and Montana, as she continually pushes her own boundaries in all directions. This episode was produced by Annie Osborne. I'm Micah Schweitzer. If you enjoy the show, please leave a rating or review on iTunes. That will help other people find the program as well. Spoken Words is a collaboration between the University of Wyoming's MFA in Creative Writing program and Wyoming Public Media.